Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson and Pastor Keith Radke of Redemption Hill Church in Eagle Mountain, Utah. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it's our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith for today's conversation. This is Pastor Keith. And this is Pastor Steve Pearson from Redemption Hill, and we want to welcome you back to Shouts of Grace Radio. Shouts of Grace Radio is a weekly discussion in the Word of God. We hope that this program has been a blessing to you if you've been tuning in on Key Radio or by the podcast. Uh, Last time we talked about how to be a different kind of leader and the model of leadership that Jesus has called us to, and that is to be leaders that serve and give of ourselves for the benefit of others. And today we're going to talk about the topic of the fear of man and and how it is something that not only uh, can motivate people's leadership styles, but it is something we can all easily give into. Uh, but if you want to catch up on the broadcast, maybe this is your first time tuning in, I want to encourage you to visit shoutsofgraceradio.com, and we've got a complete listing of all the previous episodes up until now, and uh, you can also get in touch with us uh, there at the link to the Redemption Hill uh, Church website. Um, so, Pastor Steve, today we're, we're going to be talking about the fear of man, and it comes from the verse from Proverbs chapter 29, in verse 25, that says, The fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. Just springing from our last conversation, we were talking about like insecurity that can motivate us to lead our families and to lead our churches and lead our businesses in a certain way, and that, that insecurity can be motivated by fear. And we see, even as, as it says here in, in Proverbs 29 25, that that's a trap that a lot of people really have a hard time getting out of, like mm. giving in to fear. Like fear is a real thing. Like yeah. it, it's not imaginary, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's we, not. Sometimes we feel like fear is in our head, and, and maybe it is, but it's real. It's real in our head, and it can get a hold of us in, in ways that I don't, I don't know what else can. Right, it's it's the fear of the unknown. It's it's the fear of what people think of us. It's it's the fear of losing everything we've accumulated. It's the fear that people in our life that uh, we trust or we've been vulnerable with are somehow going to flip on us. They're going to betray us. Maybe we come from a history, from a background of of abandonment or betrayal. People have hurt us one too many times, and we're done. We're not going to let that happen again. And that's motivated by fear. And this fear, again, he says, it's a snare. Yeah, it is. I'll tell you what it is. It's a perception of man's power that it is greater than what it really is. Mm. We fear what people can do to us. He kind of throws out this contrast here. He says, the fear of man is this, a trap, but he who, he who trusts in the Lord shall be safe. Right. There is a very clear contrast there. And so for us, we perceive what people can do. We look at authority. We look at the power that we feel they have over our lives. And when we do that, as opposed to trusting in the Lord, one is safe and the other is a trap. And the trap is that we actually become captive to doing things and thinking things that we wouldn't otherwise do if we realized that God was the ultimate authority and he was the one that we should be trusting in, you know? And I think, I think it's not to throw authority to the wind because we don't want to do that, right? I mean, we, we do want to acknowledge and recognize authority because scripture has a lot to say about that. Keith, it does, but, but it's like, 
I guess the best way to think of it is like when the Apostle Paul came back um, from from 14 years of of being away, right? He had, um, Barnabas had went and got him. I think it was somewhere around like Acts chapter 13 or 14, right around there. And he came back. It says that that he came back down to Jerusalem, and we know that's Acts chapter 15, right? When he came, he tells the story in Galatians chapter two. Listen to what he says. He says, after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas, taking Titus along with me. I went up because of a revelation that was set before them though privately, before those who seemed influential. He's talking about the apostles. He goes on later down that chapter, and he uses that same word where he talks about these were those who seemed you know, influential. He uses it twice. In other words, Paul realized that, that with man, there is this perception of influence. There is this perception of leadership, but... Here's what he did say in Galatians chapter 1 verse 10. I am for am I now seeking the approval of men or of God or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Paul understood there's authority. It seems influential, but the greater authority that I am bound to is that of Christ because man only has the perception of authority and at that only that which God has given him. And so I have to acknowledge God's supreme authority over all else. So there's a lot of different areas in life where we give authority to fear, you know, whether, whether it's through a person, whether it's through a system, whether it's through, you know, uh, some sort of an association with others in relationships. What we're doing is we're, we're empowering fear in our life by projecting that something it is the end all on, on that thing. Like, you know, when it comes to, uh, you know, let's just say in, in the financial world, right? There's so many of us can relate with financial insecurity. The, the scripture tells us over and over again that we are to come to the Lord for our daily bread, right? To ask him to provide for us. But we, we recognize that he He owns the, the, the cattle on a thousand hills, as, as the psalmist writes. We, we, we look over and over and again, we say that there is, all the resources that we need for life, even practical life, are in the hands of God, and yet we don't go to God and say, God, I, I, I'm lacking. I, 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 we don't take the bills and lay them out before the Lord, right? Instead, we give power to fear, and we say, I don't, I don't know where we're going to get the money. I don't, I don't know. I can't save. I can't do a retirement. You know, I can't do all this. And, and we begin to give in to that fear because we don't see God for who he is. And again, fear has the power that we give it. And I think it's, it's important you've addressed this, the, the issue of authority. Like, how do we view authority? Do we view authority in any context as, as given by God? Mm. Or do we look at it ending in that context? Like, is... Mm. Does it end with my financial security? Does it? Does the authority end with my health and well-being? Does mm. it end with, you know, this other person in the relationship? If that person doesn't do and give what I feel like they should do and give, then then I need to be afraid that I'm losing something. Mm. You know, it, it's yeah. it's the authority that we give it, and and when we do that, it is a trap. You can't get out of it. But whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. Like whoever, God, I'm going to learn to trust you with my finances. I'm going to learn to trust you with my relationships. I'm going to learn to trust you with my health. I'm going to learn to trust you with my retirement. I mean, these are things that matter to God. Yeah. Yeah. You know, absolutely matter to God. And, and yet we, fear has the power that we give it. 
the authority that we that we attribute it to it. It does. And I'll tell you, there is an enslaving quality to it. And here's why. And, and here's what it can do and what it can prevent from happening. Number one, when Jesus stood before Pontius Pilate, what did Pilate say to him? He said, don't you know that I have the authority to take your life? Right. And what did Jesus say to him? You don't have any authority over me other than what's been given to you. Right. Right. When the Apostle Paul in Galatians 2, he, and you know, it, this goes on to say this. Let me read this because this is, this is great in verse 6. And from those talking about the apostles he went up to see who seemed to be influential, what they were makes no difference to me. God shows no partiality. Those, I say, who seemed influential added nothing to me. Now he's not being rude. He's not right. saying he's not saying forget the apostles because there's you know the scripture will go on to tell us that there's twelve thrones that bear their name in heaven. Right? He's not being rude and he's not being you know anti-governmental. He's just saying, listen, before God, everyone else is secondary to me. Now, why is this important, Keith? Because he's going to go on and he's going to see hypocrisy in his in, in in his face in Galatians two. When he's going to watch Peter eating with the Gentiles until a group of Jews walk in, and then Peter is going to leave the Gentiles out of fear of man and walk over and be with the Jews. And Paul watches this, and he tells us that as they're sitting in this cafe or whatever it was, right, even Barnabas was playing the hypocrite. Hmm. And Paul stands up. And listen, if he had a fear of man, this would have never happened. He stands up, and he honors God by standing, he says, with Peter face-to-face, calling his hypocrisy out in front of other people. Now, Peter's a pillar in the church, mind right, you. He's right. not just some some travel, some sojourner walking through. Paul honors God, and he fears God. And because of that, he is able to do the work of God, and mm. cleansing is able to take place. Because you will, you, you will read the writings of Peter later, and he basically— alludes to the fact that right. humility was something that he needed to be put need to be put on he alludes to the fact of hypocrisy he talks to it paul did the work of god because he didn't fear man right right you know it's interesting too to see that in peter because peter went back and forth in this con in this whole thing of of boldness and fear boldness and fear you know you would see him bold in his profession of faith in Christ and Jesus, I will go and I will die for you. And then when they come to, to uh, take Jesus away, he pulls out the sword and he starts hacking away, you know, and, and, and then he runs, he denies Jesus. He, he denies he ever knew him. And then we see him restored. And in the book of Acts in Acts chapter five, as he's arrested and brought before this council, when they basically said, Hey, you're not supposed to preach anymore. We're not going to, you can't preach in Jesus name anymore. He would say, and the apostles with him in Acts 5.29, we must obey God rather than men. And so he understood this, but he still struggled with it. Because again, later, as you've just illustrated, uh, Paul uh, Paul has to f- say, hey, you gave in to fear. You know, you feared, the, you feared men. You feared the, you know, uh, the Jews who came from Jerusalem because you didn't want them to know that you were chilling out, you know, <laughs> eating non-kosher food or, you know, whatever the context was there. And, and, it had everything to do with with the the honesty that God's calling us into, and he also the trust that I I don't have to worry, and I don't have to define myself by what other people think. Mm-hmm. I need to be more concerned about what God thinks in every situation. That's right. You know w- whether it is who I eat with and and how I eat, or or 
I mean, I, I hope this doesn't ever happen to me, but if it does happen to me and I'm brought before some sort of a civil authority because I've been preaching in Jesus' name, I hope that I could say I, I got to obey God rather That's than right. men. And, and you know what, Keith? This this is this is detrimental. This could cause this, sure. th- this could cause life and death. Like if you look in the Old Testament, in the Book of Kings, there, there was a there there was a king of the north of of um, there, there was a king of Israel and a king of Judah. I believe it was Jeho- Je- Jehoshaphat was the king of Judah, and they were going to go into battle against an enemy together. And Jehoshaphat came to him and he said, "You know, um, the the king of Israel consulted his prophets and like, oh yeah, go. God's given it to you. God's given it to you. There, there, you know." And then Jehoshaphat comes and says, "Is there anybody here that's gonna that's gonna fear God? Well, there's one guy that will tell us the truth, but I don't like him." Is, is what the king of Israel right, says. Right. So they call him, and then he says, "You know, he kind of plays a game with him. He says, well, go and do whatever your heart wants. God's with you.'" And he goes, "How long?" did I tell you? Tell me the truth. And then he gives him the truth and he tells him, listen, you people are going to die in this, right? I told you I didn't like this guy. Sometimes, Keith, when we have to fear God rather than fearing man, it's going to put us in a position where it's going to cost us. It's going to cost us greatly. It's going to cost us our reputation. It might even cost us our life. And it's the, 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 the proverb says, but if you do it, you're safe. Right. If you if you fear man and you don't do what God tells you to do, you're going to be trapped in some way. You're listening to Shouts of Grace Radio with Pastor Steve Pearson and Keith Radke. At Shouts of Grace Radio, we're thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah on the airwaves with good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Key Radio can be found online at keyradio.org, and your support of Key Radio makes programs like Shouts of Grace Radio possible. Now, let's join Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith for the conclusion of today's conversation. So an important point that you brought up, Pastor Steve, is the cost of overcoming fear. Like in order for us to face fear and to say, I'm not going to let it trap me, I'm not going to let it be the snare that Proverbs 29, 25 says it is, I'm going to learn to trust in the Lord, I'm going to find safety, I'm going to find strength, security in that, but I'm also going to count the cost like this, this is going to cost reputation. This is going to cost a sense of a security. In some contexts, for many followers of Jesus Christ, it it's a cost of their life. They are in the face of of radical, you know, religious beliefs or or secular, uh, you know, anti Christian governmental situations. You know, overseas, so many believers they hide their faith and they. They have to meet secretly, and they have to be very careful about what they do. But there, there comes a time when they go public in one way or another. They're ratted out, or they decide, you know, to to take it public, and they're having to count the cost. I'm going to say, my boldness for Christ, my willingness to face fear and to go after the things of God means I have to count myself. I have to count myself as loss. You're mm. Right? And Paul mm. would talk about this that I look back at everything that I've accomplished up until now, and I say it is nothing compared to the knowledge of knowing Christ. And 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 how do we do that? How do we face fear on, you know, because even as you're talking about this prophet, like at first he comes to the king and he's like, well, you know, if you guys want to go to battle and fight, go for it. And the king knows. Yeah. Okay, I don't like you, but you're a straight shooter, and you're not shooting straight with me right now. Say something yeah. straight. And in that moment, the prophet had to decide— this king can wipe me out right now. In you fact, know? he even had help. He had the guard that was holding him in the chamber saying, you're getting ready to go to the king. And the guard says, hey, listen, man, tell him what he wants to hear. You know, sure. this is you know, this is going to cost you your life, you know, and he's, I'll tell him what God tells me to say, you know. So so here, here's the thing, Keith. 
you know, it, when when Nebuchadnezzar came in and he destroyed Jerusalem and he took the, the Israelites captive, there was a group of people that stayed behind, and Jeremiah was was in that group. And Jeremiah told the people, as, as he spoke for the Lord, he said that the, the people were afraid, so they were on their way to go to Egypt because they wanted to grab the hand of Egypt to help them in case Nebuchadnezzar came back. And Jeremiah told them from the Lord, stay put, stay here, and it will be well with you. If you leave and you go to Egypt and you seek the hand of man, then this is going to end bad. You're going to die there, he said. Well, they looked at Jeremiah and they said, you know what? God hasn't sent you, forget you. And some of them went to Egypt. And guess what happened? Nebuchadnezzar came in and Egypt ended up paying the price and all those who were with him. And so I think there are times when when we make decisions um, because of what we see. We, we look at and we think, okay, this is the safest and most obvious. And when we reason within ourselves, right? Isn't that what Proverbs 3, mm-hmm. 3 says? You know, don't lean to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge God, he'll direct your path. But when we do that, Keith, and we lean to our own understanding, it always brings us into captivity. And the one on the other side holding the keys is man. It always is man. And they, they've, they've captured our loyalty that now we're bound to. And, and, and the issue is... Do I trust the God that I can't see, right? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, hey, look, we're not bowing down here. We're going to trust God. And God still met them, and right. God was still in the fire with them. And so so they could have bowed down to Nebuchadnezzar, and, and they could have probably given, been given fortune and fame and position and everything else, but they chose not to fear what man could do. And and here's here's the reality, Keith, and you've been a Christian long enough, our listeners, uh, many have been uh, you know Christians long enough. We know this. We've seen this work out in our day-to-day lives. When we're afraid of the possibilities of what man can do to us, we oftentimes will become subservient to them, and then we're outside the will of God. And, and, and I think the fear you're talking about is something that's very, very real. Yeah, very real. And I, I want to kind of help us wrap up with two clear points about what trust in the Lord looks like. Hmm. First of all, it it is a, another way to say trust, and that's faith. Hebrews 11 gives us a long list of the, of the short Kodak biographies of so many who've gone before us, and they are marked by their faith. You know, they, they overcame great things by their faith. And towards the end of that chapter, uh, the writer says, what more shall I say? For time would fail to tell me of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, oh yes, enforced justice, yes, obtained promises, oh yes, stopped the mouth of lions, you bet, quenched the power of fire, yes, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. This is fantastic. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Wow, this is powerful. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release. Others suffered mocking and flogging. There were stones sawn in two, killed with some... What? Like, this is... Wait a minute. I thought faith means you always get out alive. You know, I thought I thought following Jesus means that every situation is just going to work out. And what we see here is that there is an eternal purpose that God is working out. And when we give in to fear, we're losing sight of that eternal purpose. But when we confront fear with 
faith, we are recognizing that there is something bigger taking place here. So the first way that I would suggest that we overcome our fear is by faith, where, yeah. where it says there, to trust in the Lord, one will be safe. The other way is found in John, First uh, John chapter 4, where it says that perfect love casts out fear. Mm. Like one of the biggest, again, maybe going back to where we started, insecurity is such a motivator for fear or a product of fear. They kind of work together. They're just, they're just, it's a cruel cycle. To break that cycle is to find security in the love that God has for you. That's right. In, in knowing that, as Jesus said, he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. There's a lot of security in that. There is, you know, and, and, and the Apostle Paul said that God has not given us the mm. spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And and I think, you know, l- let's be fair to ourselves and to all that are listening as well. This isn't, this isn't something, I mean, th- 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 this is a boat that you row in for a while. Yes. You know, you don't <laughs> just, you're not just born into this. I mean, you, you experience the faithfulness of God. Yes. You experience the deliverance of God, you know, time and time again, as, as, as you don't give into this fear, you start to see, wow, I was safe with God. This mm. is experiential. We don't just, we just don't, this isn't ingrained in us. Right. And so I think over time, as we start to see the faithfulness of God, it becomes easier, right? But then yes. the enemy just kind of antes up, and, and and then he turns up the heat a little, and he puts us into into deeper and heavier situations that that are even, we're even more prone to to turn towards that that the hand of man rather than the deliverance of God's safety. And so you had brought something up earlier, and I just I want to say this: it's important. You know, it doesn't say that he who trusts in the Lord will will experience bliss all the time. It says he'll be safe. Hmm. And and if safety in the hand of the sovereign God means that I pay a price with my reputation or with my life, then that is safety too. Yeah, it really is. Uh, as we wrap up our time together, I've reminded of a scripture that, that you've brought to my mind in recent conversations that we've had, one that we uh, in the past used to say a lot with our children, and my wife and I have been rediscovering this verse as well. And that's from Joshua chapter 1, verse 9 where God says to Joshua, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Joshua has been through a pretty rough road as Moses' assistant. Moses passes away, hands it off to Joshua, and Joshua is now responsible to cross into the promised land that's full of enemies. It's full of challenges. People are going to die because of this. And you could imagine he is afraid, and God knows it. And God says this to him multiple times, but he says, don't be frightened, don't be dismayed, and here's the reason why, for God is with you. Like, mm. that, to me, is the is the best way for us to accept what you've just said, that there is safety. It's not making it out alive. It's not preserving everything in our life that we feel we need to hold on to. It's, it's being assured of the of the ever presence of God that he is always there he is not going to abandon you he's always going to have your back he's always going to be holding your hand he's going to carry Amen. you if necessary because he has something he is trying to accomplish through your life 
Amen. Amen. Well, you've been listening to Shouts of Grace Radio. I am Pastor Steve Pearson of Redemption Hill Church with Pastor Keith Racky, also of Redemption Hill Church. It has been a pleasure uh, joining you. And again, if you want to listen to past broadcasts, we can uh, we can impart those to you. Go to shoutsofgraceradio.com. That's shoutsofgraceradio.com. And if you're a listener on a weekly basis, we want to thank you as um, Key Radio thanks you as well as we team up with them on a weekly basis. And we're excited about the relationship we have with them. So God bless you. We hope this broadcast has been a blessing to you, and we will see you again next time on Shouts of Grace Radio. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio. Practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson and Pastor Keith Radke. We hope you've been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If today's conversation encouraged you in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at shoutsofgraceradio.com. That's shoutsofgraceradio.com. At ShoutsOfGraceRadio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastors Steve and Keith. Shouts of Grace Radio is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church located in Eagle Mountain, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show, and from all of us at Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ.